how's your faith? Do you believe in the sovereignty of God? Well, get ready to see it tested pretty heavily in the next week. Next on Principles and Policies. Welcome to today's edition of Principles and Policies. I'm your host, Barry Sheets, the Executive Director of the Institute for Principal Policy. And along with me today is our co-host, the Vice Chairman of the Institute, my fellow analyst and very good friend, Chuck Michaelis. Hey, Barry, how are you? You know, uh, um, I'm blessed, Chuck. I, I, it's, I, it's, a I agree. it's a gorgeous day. It's a beautiful day. It's uh, um, We're in a sort of, a, not quite, but sort of in uh, what they used to call an Indian summer. Is that politically correct? And I don't think so. It's a Native American uh, warm period. Indigenous people uh, indigenous period. Indigenous people yes. period. Um, <laughs> but no, it is beautiful outside. And, and it, we are recording this on the 5th of November of 2020. So uh, I will I will admit to, uh, um, uh, you know, this whole election period, I haven't been all that worked up about it. I really, well, I have been, I think. I got, I, I got I, worked I, up when I saw the cheating. When I saw the fraud, then I got... It, it, you know what? If Joe Biden had won fair and square, uh, well, as of this, as of this recording of this broadcast, he has nobody's won. Nobody's won. Yeah, See, especially not Joe Biden. And well, for all intents and purposes, at least through and from now and through January nineteenth of twenty twenty one, Donald Trump is still president of the United States. That's true, uh, at the very least. It, now, it, if Biden had come out and won by easily by two percentage points and, sure. and a true electoral college victory. Right, absolutely. I just said, well, okay, the people have spoken. The fact is that you have to uh, engage in fraud to to get your point across. Now, Charles, uh, are, are you being incendiary? Are you making accusations that can't be supported by data and fact? No. I didn't think you were <laughs> because we're finding that there's an awful lot of data. As a matter of fact, there's so much data, in fact, in some places, there are over 138,000 pieces of data. There are places where, again... There are 240,000 pieces of data. There are there are places where more people than are registered or, in fact, eligible to vote have voted. Right. Um, and, and in some precincts, turnout was above 100%. Right. And we also now have affidavits from individuals that may implicate an institution... That, as you and I talked offline, and we'll talk about a little bit later here on the program, probably should be barred from being able to endorse in, a, in an election. Oh, absolutely. As, and, and, uh, yeah. and, we'll, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But, you know, at first, I mean, Chuck, this is really the time. And, of course, we all have, in our own personal lives, we have ups and downs. We have times where our faith is tested. We have times where we may question, doubt, or forget the sovereignty of God in his ability to control things. But let us never forget something that Scripture is replete with uh, admonitions to us not to not to forget that and to understand as Romans 8:28 says very clearly that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose and we have to keep that in mind no matter what happens with our current shall we say mixed up electoral process that i think many people expected to be a neat 
orderly, decent, there we go, my Presbyterianism showing again, everything should be decent and in order, that we felt that in, in America, you know, as a constitutional republic, as a place of freedom, as a bastion of um, the world, you know, because the world is looking at us right now, Chuck. Matter of fact, I heard, I, I, I've heard from a couple of different people that they have friends who live um, overseas, and they said that you guys may not know it, but that every radio and television in pretty much the world over, but especially in Europe, is tuned in watching what's happening right now as we go into election day plus two. And this could end up being election day plus three, plus five, plus 12. It could be election day plus 30. As you, yeah, it, well, you, you it, can. It can. Well, it can be. Uh, and, and then the reason why is, is that you don't certify the elections final for the electoral college until the second week of December. Right. So this can go. And if you remember in 2000, the hanging chads issue in Florida between Gore and Bush went to December the 13th before it was settled. And then everything was sent and we ended up with George Bush being president. But this could go that long and it very well could be a situation where we have hundreds, I mean really hundreds, of court battles over whose ballot it is, what ballots were legitimate versus illegitimate, what ballots were submitted in proper order versus submitted fraudulently, which voters were actually voting and what ballot did they vote, which voters actually are still among the living in this country who actually are qualified to vote and are not disqualified because of being dead. Um, and, you know, as, when this airs on Saturday, people are have going to be have heard a lot of this, too. That's what we've got going on in this country right now, Chuck. Our whole election system ha is being manipulated to a point that and I believe that this is probably, I mean, I know the immediate goal of this manipulation is to guarantee that Joe Biden gets into office and Trump gets out. That's the short-term goal. But the long-term goal yeah. of this is to destabilize and undermine our elections process so that it can be changed to something different. And you and I both know that one of the key things that the hardcore socialist left really wants to get is Internet voting. Uh, they want you to be able to vote from home online that's one uh, there's a first tier want there's a second tier want and there's probably a third tier want the third tier yeah. want really is to get the guy immediately elected well the, that's true the second tier uh want is to uh fundamentally change the system the primary tier want is how to do it Inter internet voting is probably second tier primary tier right now is to get rid of the electoral college well, okay, I will grant you that because, well, primary tiers get your guy elected because they're still trying to use the get to 270 as a as sure. their rationale for getting Joe Biden into office. But I think you're right is because what they'll do is once they get there, then they'll say, well, this whole system, you can see that this whole system is fraught right. with danger. But their problem is, Chuck, unlike 2016 when they could have made this argument and made, and they did make this argument, it wasn't nearly necessarily legitimate 
for them to make this argument because we have an electoral college, but they made it anyway. But now it would be illegitimate because if you take a look at the national vote numbers, Chuck, Joe Biden isn't winning the popular vote. No, he's behind. He's behind. Why? Because Donald Trump, and and you hear many of the commentators like um, um, Van Jones and others, you know, who were Obama administration regulars, they're basically grudgingly giving kudos to the Republican Party for figuring out this way of reaching out to minority voters, blacks, Hispanics, etc., Cubans, uh, you name it. But the problem is, is that the Republican Party didn't do this, Chuck, because if you if the Republican Party would have been allowed to call the shots during this four years of the Trump presidency, Joe Biden would have won the popular vote and the Electoral College already. It wouldn't have been close because the Republican Party, like many of the never Trumpers in the what is it they call it, the Lincoln uh, Lincoln Project, Lincoln Project, uh, you know, your uh, Michael Steele's and, and your others in this stupid group. They just want things to be kumbaya, and they don't care as long as they have ability to make money off of it. Who's in power? Except for the fact that with Donald Trump in power, they can't make money off of it because he's closing, he's drying up all the taps for them. So they're going to go out, the Lincoln Project, the Never Trumpers, the Democrats, etc. And they're and you're right. What they're going to do is they're going to try to make this argument that the system is broken the way it is now. And that it was a shame that Donald Trump was able to game for so long before he had to concede the election, a fairly fairly won election by Joe Biden, which we all know is not being fairly won, as we're seeing Philadelphia, Detroit, Minnesota, Wisconsin, all these places where all of a sudden these magical ballots are appearing. Nevada, where they're mailing ballots in right now, stuffing post offices with can ballots af- the day after the election right. and getting them postmarked for the day of the election so that they will be counted. And how do we know this? Because we have people on the inside who are testifying. They're who seeing are coming ballots. out and signing affidavits. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, okay. And this gets me to, okay, so I, I want to back up for a little bit. So the Electoral College issue. We have to have the Electoral College because the Electoral College is the only way to balance the interest of small states versus large states. We've talked about this numerous times on this program. It's the only way to ensure that you actually have the will of the country being reflected in picking a president. Because, And, and the problem is, is that we've gone away from what the original model oh, yeah, absolutely. was we're, we're... that would have guaranteed that this nonsense would not have been happening. And that was that idea that we we pick a president and we hand out electoral votes by the congressional district. As you saw, if you, anybody looked at the maps this week, you saw a couple of states that looked like zebras. They had stripes in them. Instead of being solid red or solid blue, they had stripes in them. Well, why'd they have stripes? Well, that was Nebraska and that was Maine. Yeah. The reason why they had stripes in them was because those two states still award their electoral votes the way it ought to have been, the, the way it was originally designed in the Constitution. They award them by congressional district. And then somebody would say, well, but wait a minute. They, they, how do they award? Well, here's the problem is they have so many, you get so many electoral votes for each representative you have. Right, so one. that's on population. But then every state gets two for the two senators that we have under our constitutional form of government. And so... 
How do you award those senators? Well, we talked about this before. Whoever wins the majority of the popular vote in that state gets those two senators or the majority of the congressional districts if you have more. Now, I think up in Maine, there are only two congressional districts and there's two Senate seats. So if you split one and one, which is exactly what happened, it's the question of, okay, which one of those two congressional districts actually had more votes? And then whoever won that district wins those two Senate slots for the actual yeah, college. Yeah, it's normally done uh, by congressional district and then majority vote in the state. state. In the state. Yeah. Nebraska had three congressional districts and two Senate votes. Donald Trump, I believe, won two of those Senate of those congressional districts, so he gets the two of the Senate votes because two congressional districts versus one congressional district, even if that one is Lincoln or it's you know uh, other major population centers, you still didn't you still didn't pull enough votes to win the popular vote. And I'm pretty sure that's the case, if I remember correctly, that Trump got four out of the five electoral college votes Probably, from Nebraska, yeah. and I think he got three out of the four in Maine. Yeah, which means that that uh like for instance lincoln voted for for biden well yeah oh yeah lincoln nebraska (laughs) voted for biden that's for sure you you know that congressional district went went blue but um but that's how it was originally supposed to happen and we didn't have these winner take all situations where you've got states like pennsylvania and michigan and wisconsin and nevada and even georgia who are oh we've stopped counting we're holding up the count oh Oh no, we're going to count all these mail-in ballots that we found that have yeah, been found have been all of found. a sudden and we're going to count them okay. under cover of darkness. Hillary called that the red mirage. Okay. If you'll recall that, do you recall that? I don't recall that offhand. Hillary called it the red mirage. It's going to look like Trump won until the days after the election right. when we're when we're counting the cheat what what Breitbart news always ca- called cheat by mail cheat by mail which is which we're seeing we're, in we're right seeing now. we're seeing the uh th- this is really the, the uh uh the after effect of the covid-19 panic well it is um because it's like all of a sudden we have to have a we have to have these mechanisms in place so when when we have to cancel in-person voting which nobody was going to stand for right what this the mechanisms were left in place yes so uh first of all the mechanisms are unconstitutional uh this uh, there are laws in a state for regarding dates for a reason and that's to keep this from happening once you find out how many votes you need, you can add on to the total as many as you can gin up. And that, that seems to be what's that happening seems to be right what's now, happening. Especially, so especially in Philadelphia. I want to tell people about... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I did a, at Camp American, I did a class called uh, the Electoral College, uh, How It's Broken, uh, um, uh, History, How It's Broken, and Why It Still Works. Because even though it is broken, as we just it described... Is. It is. It still works. Why does it yes. still work? Because you still have the small states not being overwhelmed by the large states. That Even is though true. in states like Ohio, we do it wrong. And I'll tell you why we do it wrong. Because uh, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Columbus, Youngstown, and Toledo right. essentially um, drive the majority of the state. It, all the cities drive 
who gets the majority vote in the state. That's not the way they designed it to work. That's exactly the opposite of the way they designed it to work. That's true. They designed it so that the cities couldn't overwhelm the country and um, the uh, um, big states couldn't overwhelm the little states. Mm-hmm. Flat out. It, it's That's why the system, as flawed, flawed as it is, still works and is a wonderful system. It's a it's a truly federal system. Um, this is true. It, you know, it's uh, this is why if you keep hearing that if this thing somehow ends up in the hands of the uh, of the uh, Supreme Court, well, no, in of the House. Oh yes, well that's ha- true. It ultimately go to the House if it, it goes to the House of Representatives. The fact is that. It's not guaranteed, but it's probably a Republican victory because in the House of Representatives, the uh, presidential votes are done by a system of one state, one vote. In other words, your vote is cast for president by your state delegation. Right. One vote. That's right. And more Republicans hold there are more states with Republican majorities in Congress than there are Democrat states because New York, That's California, right. and Illinois, and, and some of the smaller states have de- Democrat majorities in Congress, but because they're so big, they don't make up That's for the right. fact that you've got places like Montana, Wyoming, uh, Ohio, and other places. That have majority Arkansas, Republican, Alabama, yeah. Louisiana, that have majority Republican right. in their congressional delegations, and therefore they would they would weigh in even heavier. Even though Democrats control the House right now, which, again, Chuck, how's your faith? Do you believe in the sovereignty of God? I do believe that God has provided a means, Chuck, right now, even amongst all this chaos that's going on with the presidential election and I want to apologize personally to all of our listeners if I gave the impression that somehow I held the belief that the President of the United States had more sovereignty than God. If you got that idea from me, I apologize. Well, first of all, I'm not sure how you could. Well, because I did, I did, I am, I do think that it is very, very, this is a crucial election. Oh, yeah. I think it is a hinge pin of which way our country is going to go, whether or not we're going to restore a constitutional republic or we're going to become a third world democracy slash dictatorship sooner rather than later. And honestly, with all this nonsense that's happening around this week's election, I'm believing that the latter may be happening, and it may be sooner than I even thought. Matter of fact, I've been starting to talk to my family about making some preparations of protecting and providing for ourselves. Right. Um, And I don't want to be fear-mongering. I don't want anybody to go running and scaring and go running off and spending all of your hard-earned or hard-saved money on a lot of this prepper stuff because I'm I'm not so (laughs) sure that's a big issue. But you may want to think about some alternative means of, of production and alternative means of providing for your family. Like maybe if you got a little piece of land, get ready to plant a garden. Maybe buy a, a calf and raise it up and butcher and get chickens, get, get some beef, chickens, goats, whatever it might be. You know, maybe get a little bit more agrarian in our lifestyle, and that might actually not be a bad thing in general because you know every time we get a COVID shutdown, uh, you know it's uh, you can't go out to eat or anything else, and the stores yeah. are all bare the shelves. You, you get all that kind of garbage going on. So, you know, it's something that you just have to kind of pay pay attention to, and I'm paying attention to it. 
But I didn't want anybody to get the idea that I thought that you know Donald Trump was this, the third coming of Jesus Christ or anything of that nature, because that's not true. I do respect the fact that for what what he's been able to do in the last four years in our country with the mess that we have as far as our broken system, he's been able to do an awful lot to try to restore that system, and I've been very happy about that. But I don't believe that our system is... Uh, is written. Right. Our Constitution is not divine writ. It has. It wasn't written by the finger <laughs> of God. Uh, un- not unlike, holy writ. It's yeah, that's not, right. It's not holy writ in any way, shape, or form. It's not written directly by the finger of God. And Donald Trump is not his avatar and 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 a co-redemptor uh, in any way, shape, or form. So, in case anybody might have gotten that mistaken notion from me, I deeply apologize. <laughs> but I do believe, though, Chuck, that. God does provide even in the midst of tribulation. And I believe there will be tribulation should uh, the leftists and the socialists get control of the levers of power here in the next four years. But I believe that God's provided a, a maybe provided a means of escape. I, and, and I say that, and I'm talking in the political sense only, okay, not in the, not in the spiritual sense, not in the salvation sense, because that's always our means of, if you want to call it escape, that's our means of uh, reconnecting to God and, and, you know, and ensuring our salvation, ensuring our eternal uh, life. But if you take a look at what else happened during this election, no matter how many votes they find for Joe Biden— it's funny, they're not finding equivalent votes for the Democrat House members or the Democrat senators who were up. It's all funny how all of these mail-in ballots seem to be only focused on Joe Biden. Um, yeah. Because, honestly, the script didn't work the way the Democrats expected it to. Oh, and the never-Trumpers. And the never-Trumpers. The Lincoln Project, they're all wringing their hands because this was supposed to be a uh, uh, a an eight-point slacking for uh, well, Donald Trump. Well, it even it isn't even so much that. The Republicans picked up a net gain of seven seats in the House so far, and maybe nine, because there's still two races that they're still looking at. The Senate did not flip control like all of the pundits and all of the never-Trumpers were expecting it to do. As a matter of fact, by the end of the day, Mitch McConnell's still going to be the Senate majority leader yep. because he won his race handily in Kentucky. And also, he's going to be having a caucus that may only be one member shorter than it is right now. Yeah, which means that uh, it'll be, uh, what was it? It was 54, and now it's 53. But that may actually not even be the case, because there will be a recount in Arizona. I'm sure of it. And uh, Mark Kelly may have not have beaten McSally in that Senate race. Yeah, that's... Um, because it was pretty, it was pretty close margin. It was thin. It was I'm guessing thin. there will be a recount in Michigan too, and there will be a lawsuit yes. because yes. Uh, um, the uh, John James was cheated flat out. Oh, flat out cheated. Yes, uh, just like uh, Trump was cheated in Michigan. You cannot find 138,000 ballots mail in and not have a single vote for John James or for Donald Trump in the lot. Can't happen. He can if you filled those ballots out and held them back. Intentionally. If those were organic ballots, no, it couldn't happen. There, There is no possible math, no possible probability chart that you could come up with that it would weigh 100 to nothing. Dude, flip a coin 100 times. If you come up with 100 heads, you got a two-headed coin. Right. That's right. Okay? 
if you come up with 138,000 missing ballots that all show up and not a single one of them is anything other than a vote for Joe Biden and the Democrat Senate candidate, it defies the laws of probability, which means it defies the laws of logic, which means it doesn't pass the smell test. Well, Barry, there are ways to steal election to make it so obvious that you stole it. Well, it seems to be that they're doing that. They're doing that. And, and I'm trying to figure out why. I And and it, is it to see if they can invoke a reaction that's just as illegitimate as the action in well, order to destabilize the entire process? Yes. See, that was where my mind was going to with this, but then I thought, are they actually that far ahead of the thinking curve to be able to go that far? But then I got to thinking... Well, God, we are where we are right now because they thought ahead. Why not? It makes a. It, it's the only thing that makes any legitimate sense. Is they're hoping that Trump will do something oligarchic, dictatorial, exactly. Um, you know, federalize the National Guard or call out troops or whatever it might be, so that they can cry that he's trying to take it over, illegitimate right. dictator, so that they can unleash the Antifa movement, just as they were planning to to storm the White House well, he, or to there's, storm, there's storm a, the state capitals. And, and there's another uh, ass, uh, facet okay, sure. to this. And that is they would love nothing better than radicals on the right to come out and maybe do something stupid uh, in the same way. I mean, the cities have been burning for months. They have been. Uh and it's not because of, despite the fact what the news media wants you to think, it's not because of uh, conservatives. Well, that's true. Um, it's because of, of co- essentially communist radicals. Right. Um, you know, BLM is essentially a part and parcel of the of the communist um, um, worldview, mm-hmm. as is Antifa. Um, and uh, um, these guys have been burning down. They would love nothing better than a bunch of guy, uh, militia types to show up. Um, it's true. Now, you know, this brings us back to the story about Gretchen Whitmer. Uh, remember the, the quote-unquote, the right-wing militia groups that were going to kidnap her and try and put her on trial? Right. And all that yeah, stuff. I heard about that. Well, the, this, these right-wingers were actually BLM supporters. And Democrats. And yeah. Democrats, yeah. Yeah, they weren't, they weren't <laughs> Trump Republicans. They were, they were uh, left-wing radicals. Um, well, actually, they were libertarian radicals. Yeah. So. Le- well, I would say left-libertarian. What, what we used to call, and remember in the old days, they, they would call them, maybe have called them crunchy cons. Yes. That's true. Uh, they were left left wing, but uh, uh, some kind of economic. Honestly, they were confused. Yeah, deeply confused because they didn't understand. They did, they had no real overriding Christian worldview or conservative worldview, and that, really, that's what we're seeing here. We we are. Uh, Doug Wilson has been uh, rather clear on this for gosh for months. He's like, this is a battle that will make it clear the differences between a conservative and a Christian. Because conservatives, very often, the vast majority of them, don't have a Christian worldview. That's true. And a lot of Christians don't have a Christian worldview. Oh, well, yeah. As, now, you're, now, now you're getting into something there. As we're seeing with uh, so many uh, people who I used to think had their heads on straight, 
who are suddenly coming out and becoming woke and talking about uh, I mean the Southern Baptist Convention has made a sharp left turn I'm sorry folks yeah. if you're a Southern Baptist um, but they have but don't uh, J.D. J. Greer has just taken he's, them he's all go- the way over La La Land yeah um, don't feel bad I'm a Presbyterian uh, I am not a mainstream Presbyterian. Barry's also a Presbyterian. We are yeah, two okay, different okay, denominations. Okay. I, I, I have to, I have to apologize for Tim Keller. Uh, Tim okay. Keller. <laughs> I am an Orthodox uh, Presbyterian Church member. Uh, we have our own issues. All you have to do is read our uh, our monthly magazine to see that we have some issues. Oh, yeah. I, I had people complaining about that, and we had uh, Barry and I had a uh, a friend who is uh, uh, no longer. An, an Orthodox Presbyterian, he's gone over to uh, one of the Reformed Church nom- denominations. Yeah, I forget which one. But the fact is, he was complaining about the denominational magazine. It's called New Horizons. Um, and uh, I said, okay, uh, you know, we all personally, it's we're a small denomination, so we know the people. Uh, the um, The editor of the magazine is in my presbytery. Yeah. And he, in fact, he's the moderator. He's been the moderator for the last couple of meetings, um, uh, several meetings. And uh, um, I asked this person who has withdrawn from the OPC and gone over to another church. I said, how many articles for the New Horizon have you written? Right. And he said he got he looked very sheepish and sort of shuffled his feet a little bit. And he said, well, none. And I go, you can't complain. You can't beat something with nothing. You have a PhD. You were an ordained pastor in the OPC. Write an put, article. Put it down. That's right. Put it on paper. I said, man, you you know how to write. If you know you want me to look it over and help you, you know, yeah, help you deal with it. You're happy to do. Uh, so. more than happy to do that. Uh, but it's it's you know all you have to do is read the book reviews. What books yeah. are they reviewing and giving a? Well, it's got problems, but overall, it's a great book. And I look at the book and I'm like. No, it's got problems. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! 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 This is a terrible book. It's a, um, it's a great book. The binding's but, good. The cover's clean. The pages are white. So yeah, it's great in that respect. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's right. It's the printed word, so it can be in your, on your shelf. That's right. No, but the problem is that even conservative denominations have sort of had the, a, a secular worldview inculcated into them. Yep. So we've got this problem commonly in the church. Now, the question is, when do you leave and when do you stay and when do you fight it out? Well, right now, I know Barry's still in the PCA because the Presbyterian Church in America because it's it's worth fighting for. Worth fighting for, yeah. It's the same way in the OPC. Now, like, for instance, uh, sorry, folks, I don't want to offend you, but if you're in the PCUSA and you're a conservative denomination, you should be out. The, yeah, if you're a conservative uh, worshiper, not denomination, because yeah. the denomination is definitely not conservative. No, it, it spiritually, the, the PCUSA is dead. It's apostate. It's an apostate dead church, uh, and it's not coming back to life. There aren't enough of you out there to, to uh, retake control of that church, and it's been that way since, oh gosh, uh, since really this when the, I think the PCA split off in like 1970, uh, split off from the PCUSA. And the uh, OPC came around in the 30s uh, as part of the old light, new light you did. split. The PCA actually split off of the Southern, with the Southern Presbyterian Church, which yeah. then became the UCC, the United Church United of Christ. United Church of Christ, yeah. yes. 
So so we uh, main, we maintain the uh, historic traditional well scriptural viewpoint of the Westminster Confession, and that side didn't. The UCC hooked up with the United Presbyterian Church right. to become the United Church of Christ. That's right. Uh, so believe me, I know I'm a Presbyterian. I know what apostasy looks like because our denomination split uh, split into major splinters years ago based on how we view doctrine. That's true. Uh, I was a Nazarene for a number of years, and again, I apologize, uh, folks, but I'm watching the Nazarene church liberalize as I sit here. It changed drastically from in the, uh, I think, 15 years I was in the Nazarene church. It changed drastically denominationally during that period. I watched it happen, and I made mention of it, and people said, oh, you're paranoid. Now I look at it, and it's uh, 10 years after I left the church, and went over to the Presbyterian Church because I am Reformed. It really wasn't fair to them that they're an Arminian church. They are. Uh, uh, I, I'm a firm believer in the sovereignty of God, which is why I left. Um, and uh, I see the things going on inside the Nazarene Church, and I'm like, I'm just appalled. I'm appalled. That's stuff I hear coming out of people who I had a great deal of respect for at one time, but they have gone theologically completely off the rails. Mm-hmm. Uh, in order to uh, please people, because if we please people, they'll come into the church, and then we'll have big churches, and then, and I'm like, you know, you've never heard the phrase, and I can remember, have you never heard the phrase, "What you win them with is what you win them to." That's true. If you lie to people and tell them that Jesus loves everybody, and all you got to do is make the right decision. They're going to come in, and it's, it doesn't matter. This is why we had no lordship salvation controversy. It's exactly why. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Jesus can be my Savior, but he doesn't have to be my Lord. What does that mean? It means I can be a quote-unquote carnal Christian. No, you can't. No, you can't. Actually, you can't. You know, if you have a sin issue, and you're dealing with it, and understand that it's an issue, and that you you are trying to eradicate it from your life, and you you know you fall into it, but you're still working. You understand that it, it violates God's law, and you're trying to please God. And you, you, you're in your human weakness. That's what Jesus Christ is for. That's right. But if you say God doesn't care that I do this sin, he, in fact, he he kind of looks at it and laughs when I do this sin. Then you're in trouble, and that's what I'm seeing in a lot of churches that are apost- apostatizing. Mm-hmm. Apostatizing. It's a hard word it's to get out there, isn't it? It's to, a hard word to deal with. Apostatizing, yeah. yes. Apostatizing, yes. yes. But, um, you know, this is a little rant on that, that thing. But, folks, this is part and parcel of what's going on. That's we true. are seeing the splitting of the uh, – uh, we see the secular worldviews at war. And as Christians, we're, we tend toward one side, but not fully. Yep. There are parts of this, as, as Barry and I have said all the whole four years of Donald Trump's presidency – there are things he does that we don't like. But overall, the things he does do, yes. he has dismantled part of the thing that's attempting to oppress the church. When you've that's got true. a guy named Joe Biden who's out there talking and saying things like, yes, life begins at conception, but I'm not going to get in the way of a woman yeah. uh, um, killing her infant. Or he says things like, no, we're going to have to restrict religious freedom because it gives too much cover to people who who have bad views. If you are a Christian and you voted for that man, you are in sin. 
Now, you could say the, you could make the case that you're insane if you voted for Donald, Donald Trump, Trump because yeah. he's, you know, his character is suspect and blah, 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 blah. Yes, his character is suspect. But you know what? His actions aren't. And that's the difference. His actions in the political sphere. If you can show me that he's been chasing around uh, former Playboy bunnies and and uh, doing that kind of stuff while he's president, you can make a case. But you can't. You can't say that. Sorry. Joe Biden, on the other hand, has been actively fighting to get these things done. Look, we're in trouble in this country because we have states like Colorado that vote when they have the chance to maintain the right of women to kill their babies in the late term. That's right. God's not going to smile on that. No, he's not. If you're a Christian and you think God doesn't care, then, then you're, you're not. Sad, you're sadly mistaken. Uh, well, let's put that. I'm not that, saying that you're, you're not Christian. That, I, I, I think I might be saying. You're on the edge of uh, not being it because if you think that, you have no Christian worldview whatsoever. God cares deeply for the unborn. Yeah. God cares deeply over the fact that we have that we sit and do nothing while women are sold into sexual slavery and through human trafficking sadly yeah. sell themselves into a form of sexual slavery in pornography they have uh they're given uh beauty and um uh desirability and what do they do with it they sell it rather than yes. than um um you know pleasing a spouse with it that's true and men Likewise, buy it. True. Or do their best to steal it. Um, okay. You know, free downloads. Oh, and, okay. And, yeah, know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to follow you there. I'm like, okay, steal it. Yeah. What are you talking about? Well, I mean, what you're doing is you're going to, you're, you would go out and, and take the samples. Um, you know, yeah. it's like going to a trade show. Now, you go to a trade show. They give you samples. And if you take, I've had people come by my booth and grab like 14 packs of stuff. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I'm not here to, to I'm not, give you your you know, I'm not giving yeah. you a free bottle. I gave you some samples to try. That doesn't mean, you, you know, my aunt wants one, my cousin wants one, my... Then no. have them come by the booth. Yeah, have them come by the booth, and we'll, we'll give them the literature and the talk. But what I'm saying is, folks, these things are out there, and if you think God really doesn't care that you, you, you're in open, willful violation of his law... You are wrong. Sadly mistaken. F- flat out, you are wrong. And any pastor that tells you that, uh, you should leave that church immediately. You are in an apostate church, period. Mm-hmm. And again, they're going to have to run the disclaimer after this show for sure. <laughs> because there are, it will get complaints. Um, I don't care. I don't care. Um you know, WLRY is very good people, and they—they, they, I think, uh, they—they they can express their own viewpoint on this uh, better than I can. So I—I, I, you know, I have no idea what the board and the and the uh, the station feel about that. But uh, nonetheless, uh, this is our opinion, my opinion anyway. On it, Barry hasn't spoken yet. No, you're doing just fine, Job. I really, I'm doing well here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know that old that old uh, disclaimer about the views expressed here and are necessarily that's the other views. The, that are, oftentimes, they are just my views too. <laughs> well, that's right. That's right. Well, look, occasionally we disagree on this. We don't. The fact is that the the church is in trouble. The church is in trouble, and the country no, is in trouble no, because the church is in trouble. No, I'll tell you what: the Church of Jesus Christ, the true, the one. true church, 
has never been in trouble, and it never will be in trouble. The church, capital C, turn on the spotlights, yeah. get the fog machine going, that's in trouble. Yeah, and I, I want to make clear that I'm not talking denominationally. Oh, uh, no, I, not, I've no. talked about denominations I've left and been members of and not. No, there were all kinds of many, many, many Christians in, in that group. Yep. I, I do not question their Christianity. I, I had differences regarding doctrine with them. But it's not doctrine that saves. The doctrine that saves is uh, God's law is still in effect for man, and the fact that we can't keep it is what Jesus is for. Mm-hmm. Jesus is our Savior. He's the one who intercedes for us. If we don't grasp that uh, and do our best to uh, get away from those sins that uh, really, really do uh, um, anger God. And the reason that God doesn't turn his back on us is because of Jesus Christ, because Jesus intercedes. That's right. Flat out. Yes. Um, This is why doomsday scenarios sometimes are, you know, if the whole country turned their back, but there is a remnant of Christianity who is out there praying. I run a Wednesday night group. A prayer group at sure. my at my church, okay, which is I'll tell you flat out Providence Presbyterian Church, seven zero nine five Summit Road in Pataskala. If you want to come out and pray with us on uh, Wednesday nights, seven thirty. If you want to come out and worship with them on Sunday mornings, yeah, we're at ten forty five. There you go. Seven zero nine five Summit Road. Barry's the same. Uh, I don't think you have the Wednesday night prayer group. No, we do not. But you have do have Sunday worship down in. Yes, uh, we do. Um, Beautiful, beautiful downtown Pliny, West Virginia. Pliny, West Virginia, yeah. <laughs> um, and you can't miss it because there is a an adult there's an adult right bookstore in right in front. Of yeah. Our so when you see the the adult bookstore sign, you pull in the back up the hill, and there's yeah. there's a pull in the back to the left, not to the not right. To the if right. You pull in the back to the right. You're going to the bookstore. You're going to the bookstore. <laughs> if you pull off to the left, you're going to the church. But the fact is, we invite you to come out and. You know, uh, uh, go to the Providence Presbyterian website. We have a website where where we have uh, uh, access to our uh, um, our online broadcast. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I didn't start out to do a church uh, advertisement, but that's but okay. I'm the head of the audiovisual department. Uh, pardon me, the visual department. <laughs> I don't do the audio; I do the visual. Um, and we make sure every week that our we have a live broadcast of our service if you want to find out what we're about go to uh, providenceopc.us uh providenceopc.us and uh, you will uh, you'll see uh a link to out to our page and you can go from there and see stuff that we've been record we started uh posting these uh in when the covid mess started yeah um and we've got decent archives uh, up until uh, oh gosh, uh, probably about April. April. Some of some of my early attempts at uh, recording, um, you know. But nonetheless, please come out and see what it's what it is to have a Christian worldview. Because our pastor every week, and I know Barry's pastor every week, you don't get uh. Namby pamby, uh, happy clappy. You get sometimes confrontational, yes, but always 
uh, informational uh, expository preaching. And if you don't know what that is, that means you take a Bible passage, you look at it piece by piece by piece by piece, and then you sew those pieces together into a coherent whole. That's, that's right. what Barry's church does. That's what my church does. And that's what so many churches don't do. They do, they'll do topicals, uh, where, uh, three, uh, three points in an encouraging story does not make it delve into the scriptures. Well, Bible verses are torn from their context. Oh, we call it script torture. Script torture. Yeah. They're torn from their context and they're, uh, they're made to mean things that they have no relationship to whatsoever. That's true. Um, you have to study the Bible. For instance, we've been we've been in the book of Mark now, or no, Matthew. Take, sorry, Mark. Matthew. We're on Matthew chapter eight, and I'm trying to think how long we've been in that. Uh, we it, we took about two months, maybe three months, to right. go through the Sermon on the Mount. That's that's a good clip. Yeah, actually, I think that's a little fast because there's so much. Well, the gosh, the, I mean, uh, here's the problem: if you, you but, could, but the, you don't want to be like Martin Lloyd Jones, who basically like <laughs> spent an entire lifetime just getting through the Book of Romans. Yeah, exactly, Martin Lloyd Jones. Jones, if you don't know who that is, you can pick those up on RefNet. They're on yeah. real weird times. Uh, nonetheless, and Martin Lloyd Jones had his. Audios are available all over the place. Sure, and you'll be a little taken aback by the presentation. With the uh, the cartoon character voice, almost, almost, yes. It, it's it's he's uh, he's a uh, uh, what was he? Was he an Episcopalian? Yes. Yeah, a reformed Episcopalian. Reformed Episcopalian, yes. And uh, he, it's he's very British. Yes, he is. And it's uh, the it's an eccentric presentation, shall we say? The voice is mm-hmm. the doctrine is absolutely solid as a rock. And that's good, it, it, and it's a good thing, right? I, you know, I, I I hesitate breaking away from what I we're know, talking about I scripturally know. here, which because I think it's very very valuable. But it also gets to the whole point of if you don't have a good solid foundation of being in the Word, you can't have a good solid Christian worldview. And if you can't have a good solid Christian worldview, you can be drawn astray by high-sounding words and people making promises about things that they really just aren't ever going to keep. Um, or you could be believing that it's okay to vote for someone who spits in God's face, says that God, the image of God in a, that's created in a human life at, at the point of conception is not worth as much as the human life outside the womb, and so therefore... Uh, we can discredit it as a human life and then take it willfully. Uh, you can, if you vote for someone who spits uh, God's plan for husband and wife and marriage and for procreation, you know, check your worldview because you got something wrong there. Yeah. But, you know, we're kind of past that right now, but, you know, we'll have other elections coming up. How they're going to be run, God knows. Yeah, that point. <laughs> that's the problem. And he does know. And like I said, I think he's been setting up because if you take a look, the the House, the Senate, federal level, really had some serious swings. As a matter of fact, there was an article that just came out that said basically, of the swing in the House, the number of 
women Republican members who are pro-life doubled. What does that say for the future of a, if you get a Biden administration who has basically sworn their undying fealty to the death merchants at Planned Parenthood about them trying to get uh, their policy priorities through? It's going to be a fight. When I'm teaching people how to build a fire in a fireplace. Sure. How many people do you know that, that have no clue how to build a fire? They'll take some cardboard and some papers and throw them in the bottom of a, of a fireplace and then pile big, great big, like, eight-pound logs on top of it and light the 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 uh, the paper and the cardboard. And then ten minutes later, eh, there's a couple spots that glow that eventually die sort out. of die out. When you build a fire, you have to build it slow. Mm -hmm. You go out and you find wood chips. Mm -hmm. And you find sticks, little tiny twigs. And then you bring in the stuff that's maybe the size of your thumb. And then you go from there to the stuff that's maybe the size of your wrist. Mm -hmm. And then you put in your three great big logs logs once those are going. Yeah. That's how you build a fire. Yeah. This is how you restore a republic. Exactly. Um, the fact is you have to take it back a little at a time. We've gotten into the mindset and part of it in the church has to do with eschatology. I don't want to go into that. Uh, we got to get it done now, now, now. Nobody's thinking about what will, uh, I'm already looking at it and, and I'm regretful of what I'm leaving. I have three grandkids, what I'm leaving for them. Yeah. Oh, I get that. Um, I'm like. You know, I did, unlike a lot of people, I did try. I'm, I mean, I'm not going anyplace. Well, I would say uh, I'm trying. God willing. Oh, wait yeah. a minute, my wife says I'm trying. Okay. <laughs> God willing. But the fact is that I always took a long view. Well, yeah, you have to. Um, and a lot of people I know, oh, well, you know, we've got to get this done because it's all over in five years. Well, no, it's not. Yeah? It's not. I want to read something. uh, This goes along with what we're talking about. I've been reading the Psalms recently uh, in my attempt to read through the Bible in a given period. I'm not going to make my deadline, but nonetheless, I'm reading through it. Uh, Psalm 11. Um, This is an important passage, I think, for those uh, to think about in those terms. Uh, It... uh, in the Lord I take refuge. How then can you say to me, flee like a bird to your mountain? For look, the wicked bend their bows. They set their arrows against the strings to shoot from the shadows at the, at the upright in heart. When the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is on his heavenly throne. He observes everyone on earth. His eyes examine them. The Lord examines the righteous, but the wicked, those who love violence, he hates with a passion. On the wicked, he will rain fiery coals and burning sulfur. A scorching wind will be their lot. For the Lord is righteous. He loves justice. The upright will see his face. I think that section in uh, verse 3, when the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? Yes. What can the righteous do? You rely on God and you work to rebuild the foundation. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, folks, there's a reason why this election is so close. Half the country doesn't understand what 
what the short-term aspects that they're looking at mean for the long term because we have become a country that used to think in in um generational terms that now thinks in terms of what's going to happen in the next two to four years it's true and really what's going to happen in the next couple of months this is this is also true we have narrowed down our long-term thinking to the shortest term i think i've ever seen um it's a problem but the point is is that it takes sacrifice it takes dedication and it takes doing the work to plan in order to have a long-term vision and understanding that the things that happen along the way are as i've always said about policy making every every thing is fraught with both opportunity and danger the question is which one are you going to try to maximize the opportunity of it or the danger of it? If you Just like this COVID thing. For a lot of people, danger was maximized. So what do we do? We go hunker down in our houses. We hide. We start screaming at people for not wearing masks, whatever it might be. Many others took opportunity out of it. Okay, this is an opportunity to talk about freedom. This is an opportunity to uh, plan and prepare in case things get worse. This is an opportunity to show that we have the ability to be better than the, the the crowd you know hold a higher standard um provide a eternal perspective everybody's worried about dying we're all gonna die chuck every last one everybody hearing my voice right now is destined to die not because of me but just because that is the nature of things we have yep. had we have yep. had multiple generations before us that are not here anymore and we have multiple generations ahead of us who we will never see question is are we living off of the planning that the previous generations made for us and are we making plans for the generations that will live on ahead of us in order to be able to continue to be free continue to be able to have an internal perspective continue to be able to preach the gospel of jesus christ and continue to have a country yeah where they have the freedom to do these things we got to figure that out folks and if you if you're just now starting to figure it out well welcome we appreciate having you if you've decided it's just too much for you and you want somebody else to figure it out for you i feel for you because somebody will and you won't like it one of the things that I do hope that happens, and I know we're about to run out of time, but I wanted to get back to this because I teased it earlier. What we're seeing right now with this election, and this election day plus two plus three plus whatever we're going to be, is that a number of places, especially in states that have Democrat governors and large majorities that are still not finished counting their votes, are finding lots and lots of votes. Some of them are being found at the post offices. Some of them we're now finding from post office whistleblowers that some postal employees have been committing voter fraud. There are signed affidavits right now. There are cases that are getting filed right now in Michigan. I believe in Pennsylvania. I believe in Nevada. Right now about this election about voter fraud, where the post office either was holding back ballots 
or they were marking ballots that came in late. Uh, they talk about the Harry Reid machine in Nevada. They were stuffing mail-in ballots into the post offices and having postal employees in there backdate them the day of the election so that they would have to be counted. Right. Even though they came in yesterday and today. This is why most states have a law that says that they have to be in by the day of the election. Here's the deal that I want to see happen. And like you said, that incremental fire building. We now have, we picked up a number of seats in the House, so Nancy Pelosi's control of the House is very suspect to start with. She's done with she the, may She may be out she as of next speaker. year. She may not be Speaker. Uh, we kept control of the Senate. I think the, one of the first orders of business that those two chambers ought to move on uh, I don't care who's president, whether it's Joe Biden or if it's Kamala, or, or if it's Kamala Harris, uh, or if it's Donald Trump, is a is it a law that says that any entity or organization that has a direct role to play in the processing or carrying out of an election cannot have. A, an ability to endorse a candidate in in those said elections. Your problem with what we're seeing right now with voter fraud from the post office employees, the United States Postal Services Employees Union endorsed Joe Biden two months ago. Right. Why in the world, since the post office has to handle the mailing out and the returning of absentee ballots, they have to handle... All of those situations, why in the world would, how can we have any confidence that the Postal Service is doing the job decently and in order and above board when the their own union has voted to endorse one of those candidates in the race? It seems to me that there's a major conflict of interest there. So either we find another vendor to handle the mailing out and returning of ballots, i.e. UPS, FedEx, whoever it might be. Or you bar the Postal Service, the Association of States, Secretary of States, which, right. which don't endorse, okay? They don't do it. But any of those groups that have, that have a vested interest... You know the the county the county uh, the board of elections heads have their own association. You don't see them endorsing candidates with their with their association. Why should the postal service? I think it's absolutely ludicrous, and I think it's something that needs to be changed immediately. Yeah, is it going to change the fact that people inside the postal service may be pro X or pro Y? No, but the point right. is, is that but the point is is that you have to actually have the even just the appearance, if not the full intent, of no conflict of interest. Yeah. And the Postal Service has failed in this election at that, especially considering the hijinks that are now going on within a number of their offices. Well, that being said, I, I, one thing I want to add, you know, you brought up a point about COVID-19. Uh, one of the discussions we've had with people who were in a panic is, if you don't think God is sovereign in your life, your your health and your death, then you don't have a Christian worldview. God has decided when you will be when you will be well, when you'll be sick, and when you'll die. So, you know, I'm not saying that you go out there and put yourself in harm's way. That's putting the Lord your God to the test. You know, you wouldn't walk into a COVID-19 ward with no mask on. 
but you don't necessarily have to have one on in your car when you're by yourself. That being said, you know what we think. We want to know what you think. www.principledpolicy.com. That's principledpolicy.com. And join us again next week for another Principles and Policies.